Have you ever wondered whether the city of Meridian has debt? Do you ever look at your property tax bill and ask yourself, how much of this is going to the city? Have you ever been curious about how the city's budgeting process works? The answers to these questions and more are coming right up. Hi, I'm your host, Mayor Robert Simpson, and this is My Meridian City 101 Finance Edition, your guide to local government. So let's dive right in and get started. Today, I am here with Todd Lavoie, who's the City of Meridian CFO, and we are going to tell you all the exciting things that you need to know about budgeting and finance with the city. So, Todd, before we get into the questions, why don't you tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself and how long you've been doing what you're doing? Well, thank you, Robert. And um, joined the city in 2007. I entered the uh, business arena for accounting when I graduated from Long Beach State with my accounting degree in 2001. And in 2016, Mayor Tammy DeVere actually asked me if I would step into the chief financial officer role, which I accepted. So I've been with the city now for 15 years. Um, been doing accounting work for over 20 plus years. I've kind of dabbled into the uh, private consulting arena, and now I'm a public servant for the city of Meridian for the last 15 years. Well, and uh, you and I started with the city about the same time back in the day, so we we have a long relationship between our various roles, and it's always been a pleasure working with you in those roles, and I look forward to continuing to do that, uh, hopefully for several more years to come. So money. Let's talk about money. (laughs) How does the city keep track of its money? It's a great question. Uh, the city is a complicated uh, business. Again, we have to manage money following federal and state uh, laws. Uh, the state states that we must have a balanced budget for our general fund. Our general fund is a fund primarily used for public safety, which most public citizens see on a daily basis, or the parks. And for that, we have to keep those monies separate of other funds that we manage, i.e. the enterprise fund that is used for water and sewer services or maybe some development revenue services. So we do follow state and federal laws along with other guiding principles to make sure that we protect the money in the best interest and that we can be transparent with all the funds so that the city can operate in a daily basis. And and keeping track of all of that, uh, you've got a team behind you. It's not just you helping you make all that happen. Definitely not me. Again, the city is successful because we have 24 other individuals in the department that make the accounting department uh, successful. The city has now produced uh, eight straight years of a clean audit for the citizens, the mayor, and the council. So it's something that all 25 individuals take uh, a lot of pride in, and we're very proud of uh, being able to produce a clean audit for the citizens on a daily basis. We all appreciate that very much, and hopefully residents if they ever want to find that information, we'll talk about that a little bit later, can go and check that out for themselves. So you, you started touching on this. You know, we, we kind of have two primary funds, the general fund and the enterprise fund. But uh, what departments make up the general fund and, and what type of expenses might you find in, the, in those departmental expenses? Sure. As we mentioned earlier, the general fund is the primary operating fund for the city of Meridian. And the expenses that would most be relevant to the citizens, but probably the public safety and the fire department. Those are pretty visual out there for the citizens to notice. Again, also the parks department. The city of Meridian is very proud of its parks. Uh, they're beautiful parks. Again, another expense that you would see uh, that's visible for the citizens. 
And then you have the general administration expenses. That's going to be, you know, Robert, myself, uh, the legal department, other administration departments, information technology, cybersecurity, things like that. But the primary expenses that most citizens would be comfortable with seeing are going to be public safety, fire police, and then parks. And inside of those, what is the number one thing, what's the largest portion of our budget as it relates to ongoing operating expenses? For the city of Meridian right now, the largest ongoing expenses are going to be personnel. Um, Our largest portion, about 80% of our general fund budget, resides in the personnel uh, section of the budget, which is going to be largely held by the police department and then the fire department number two. It's our people. Yeah. It's our people. That's 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 really where most of the budget goes that people don't realize, at least especially in, there there are other elements when it comes to some things that we need, but it's ongoing, it's our people. So what what revenue sources make up the general fund? Where do we get the money for that? Yeah, good question. Uh, for the general fund, 60% or about 60% of our revenue comes from property taxes. Uh, the remaining 40% is going to be um, derived from the state of Idaho collecting sales tax throughout the state and dispersing those dollars based on a formula that the state manages, along with liquor revenue. Same situation, the liquor is liquor revenues are collected by the state and then dispersed amongst all the cities and agencies throughout the state. Um, so those would be the top three. And then the fourth highest revenue source for the general fund right now is going to be development revenue. As most people know, the city has been growing exponentially over the last few years. So the city has been collecting uh, development revenue to assist the city with providing the necessary services to support the impacts of the growth that the city has experienced over the last 20 years. I think that's uh, an interesting component is our community development department. Where do they reside within uh, the, the general fund, the enterprise fund, or their own fund? No, again, another good question. The Community Development Department uh, resides within the general fund. Uh, they are a portion of the general administration function. Again, we put the dep- that department in the general fund to service the entire city in itself. So uh, it is a property tax. It is, a, it is within the general fund property tax arena. Uh, but again, they bring in the fourth largest revenue source to fund all of the general fund services. And the interesting thing, I think this goes back to the city's larger viewpoint on growth, development, conversation. But we traditionally have had a growth pays for itself mentality, whether it's the impact fees, which we'll touch on, whether it's the fees that the development community pays for the people that are doing work for development to occur. We try to keep those burdens off of our general uh, property taxpayers and, and put them into the buckets that make the most sense. Completely agree, Robert. Uh, between your guidance, the current council's guidance, and the previous council's guidance, the city has adopted the um, save before you spend mentality. Uh, that is one of the many reasons the city is debt-free. Uh, we do believe that the growth should pay for itself, so we do not burden the current taxpayers to pay for the new items necessary to support the growth-based uh, demands. So I completely agree with you. Yeah, it's an important part of our financial practices in the city of Meridian for many, many years. Um, switching over, the enterprise fund. It's a little bit different. Um, this truly is a business uh, in, in terms of how it is designed to work. Um, and it's a, it's a business that doesn't make money. You know, in, in that regard, it's supposed to be one that it's, 
you collect what you need. So talk to us a little bit about the enterprise fund and and how that works and operates and what it what it what it does for the community. Sure. Yeah, the enterprise fund, like you said, is run like a business. The enterprise fund is made up primarily of the water and sewer activity that our citizens and our community uses. So the water department provides the potable water and then the sewer collects the uh, dirty water to, uh, uh, I guess, repurpose and reuse. And then we collect revenues from our users to pay for those services. So as you said, Robert, the um, end goal was not to make a profit. We're supposed to break even as close as possible. Um, We utilize the funds collected from the users, the water and sewer users, to pay for the expenses associated to operating both the water and sewer side But we also have new revenues coming in from the new growth development community that assists us with building the infrastructure or upgrading the infrastructure to accommodate those new growth impacts to the city. And, you know, that again follows that same philosophy of save before we spend when it comes to trying to build out that new services that are, quite frankly, the most expensive capital side of the equation is in the enterprise fund. Completely agree that the most expensive portion of the city's operational needs are within the utilities. Um, we look to our uh, uh, internal departments to assist us with developing a 10-year model so that we can plan 10 years of financing needs that uh, will assist us with determining what fees we need to collect for the next 10 years so we can stay and remain debt-free. And if we can do that, then we continue to keep the burden away from our current users and asked our development community to assist with improving and upgrading our system so that we can continue to provide the same level of service to our current customers to our and then to our future customers. Okay. Um, and and we'll, we'll probably come back and touch on a few of these things, but let's talk about maybe some of our partner agencies. I mean, this, you know, I don't think that everyone understands that every city is different. You know, every community is different, depending upon where they may have moved here from or how long they've been in the area. But sometimes people are like, hey, that's a city. They do roads. They do the library. They do schools. Or if it's a county government, they handle it all. So, Todd, does the city manage the budgets for the school district? <laughs> we'll answer the question quickly. The answer is no. Okay. How about roads? Again, another easy one for us, no. And libraries? Man, you're making it easy, Robert. No. Exactly. We're all our own entities, and we all rely upon different funding sources. Some of them are very similar, you know, in that they do receive, you know, property tax dollars for what they do, but they all have their own unique ways that they collect revenue for the services that they provide. Uh, What type of relationship do you have with the CFOs and some of these other agencies? Do you you guys ever talk or see each other at conferences and – understand each other's struggles that you're trying to go through with as they try to build what's needed for a growing community? Oh, definitely, Robert. We, as a city, not just myself, but I know that you're, yourself and along with other liaisons and um, department directors, we all communicate with all of our um, agencies around us. We all serve the same goal, and that's to provide the excellent service to our customers. So we all communicate um, monthly, quarterly, to see how each city or how each agency is managing their financial situations, water situations, park situations. So we're always in constant constant contact with our fellow agencies because what decisions we make impact them, and we need to make sure that we're communicating with them so that they can financially or even strategically plan accordingly since we're at a high-growth period in our city. 
So we're gonna we're gonna try to get into a, a meaty topic, property taxes. Ooh. And the the thing with property tax, you know, a we're we're here on a podcast. We don't get to use powerpoints to try to explain uh, property taxes, how they function, the the relationship between the value of a home and the levy rate, and what people pay, and how residential and commercial values impact one another to help determine all that. So let's just start off. Tell us about property taxes <laughs> and, you know, how does this say when, when, when you start doing your budget development and you're, you're looking for that 60% portion of what is likely to be expected, how are you, how are you looking at property taxes and new growth from, and, you know, property taxes from new growth as you're trying to figure this stuff out? So yeah, property taxes is a meaty topic, Robert. I completely agree. Uh, we have to be a, a very sensitive to the decisions we make. Again, the Ada County and the state of Idaho, they have a more direct impact on how property taxes are managed. Again, the city of Meridian provides a budget, a value of what we need the state and the county to collect on our behalf. And then the state and the county actually determine what the value of your homes are, or the properties, I apologize, and then they determine the levy rate. So again, when we work with the state and the county to determine the property taxes, we have to be concerned and we are sensitive to the overall property taxes that our citizens pay because we, just like everyone else, pay property taxes as well. And we definitely want to keep the property taxes as low as possible, but yet still provide the resources and the services to our citizens on a daily basis. So Todd, if someone's property value goes up, does it mean that their taxes that they pay to the city will definitely go up? Simple answer, the answer is no. And the same could be said this opposite way. If the city reduces their budget, there is no guarantee that someone's property taxes will go up or down. There is no guarantee to any of those statements that you can say that if I do this, X will happen. Every unique property is unique to itself and will have a unique outcome. Whether that's business, whether that's commercial, but in, the, in some regards, it's how they're all interconnected to one another that will ultimately determine some of those factors. Completely agree. The way the state has the property tax system, it is one collective group, but each unique property has a unique outcome, even though we're part of one giant collective group for the city of Meridian. So when, you get the, when people do get their property tax bill and they open it up and they, they see a number, uh, about what portion of that property tax bill makes up the city's portion? Sure. A uh, good question. Again, the city of Meridian is different than every other taxing district in the state. But for the city of Meridian, a common residential property will pay about 30%-ish of their bill to the city of Meridian to provide the services that we spoke about earlier. And the others would be the county, would be the school district, library, Western Native Recreation District, and the list goes on. They're all listed on the people's property tax bill uh, when, when they get the, the showcases who makes up their property tax bill. All of them can have an influence on any given property tax bill that comes forward uh, or decisions that the voters make at the ballot if they decide they want more bonds for things that are needed in the community. Completely agree. We represent 30 percentage of the, the bill. The other 70 percent is influenced by the other agencies. And you're correct. They manage them accordingly to what they need and what they have uh, set forth in their uh, bylaws. How do, how do we use those property taxes? I mean, we've touched on this a little bit, but 
what, what, what's your philosophy on how, how the property taxes really interplay into the larger conversation that we have on the budget um, and the departments? Yeah, as we spoke about earlier, Robert, uh, property taxes make up uh, about 60% of our revenue sources. And if you just wanted to compare that to maybe just our two largest agent departments in the general fund, which are public safety, which we spoke about earlier, fire and police, the amount of money that we collect from property taxes will not pay for both departments combined. Uh, the public safety departments, fire and police, we can fund about not not quite 100%. So we have to use other revenue sources in the city to fund just those departments. So if you want to make it simple, we can say, yeah, we take all the property taxes and apply them to public safety, but then I still need other resources to pay for public safety. But then we also need other resources to pay for mayor's department, legal parks. So again, uh, if you want to make it simple, we can say the property taxes pay for 100% or not quite 100% of public safety. Yeah, and, and I think it's an important to to also point out that a lot of the other departments are part of public safety. Without the finance department, you know, they, they their bills aren't being paid. You know, without without human resources, they're not hiring people. You know, without legal, they're not dealing with when a cop car gets hit. So you know, the, these are ancillary departments that are necessary for the functions of these departments, which are out there in the very public facing side of the city. Completely agree. There is a large support group for the public safety department. Uh, so, yeah, no, if we added everybody involved, then you can definitely see that the property taxes would not pay for public safety uh, by a long shot. But again, like you said, community development, public safety, everyone's public safety. I would agree with you. Yeah. Um, we touched on this a little bit earlier, growth paying for growth, which brings up impact fees. <laughs> so what are impact fees and how do we go about um, incorporating them into our budgeting process and the needs for the city? Impact fees, they're an opportunity that the state of Idaho has provided agencies to um, collect revenues from growth-based development. The city of Meridian has been using impact fees for over 20 years. Uh, We opted into the program, like I said, over 20 years ago to help assist with the city's needs to pay for fire expansion, police expansion, and parks expansion. The city has been very successful in utilizing the state uh, program to collect revenues from development to pay for additional services to support the growth using impact fees. Majority of all the new expansion that you see in parks, fire, and police has been funded and will continue to be funded by impact fees because we want the current taxpayers to pay for current operations and then the new development to be paid by the new development coming in via impact fees. So the city of Meridian, I feel, has been very successful in using the state program to assist and support the development of the city itself while maintaining a low tax levy rate for our current operational needs. And and those impact fees, they can only be used for capital expenditures. That is correct. The state of Idaho does have a statute that uh, dictates how we can spend the money, and you'll see a that the state states that you can do fire stations, police stations, uh, you can do some large uh, engine, uh, fire engine type apparatus, and primarily you can see it in the parks and community community center development. So if I'm going to try to explain my view of the budget to those that are listening or or our process, 
building co- development comes in, they pay impact fees. We take those impact fees and we set them aside to build the new buildings that we want to build at the time we're there. While those homes get occupied that have paid that uh, impact fee, eventually those homes also start paying property tax. And we take that property tax from those homes to hire the new people, the new firefighters, the new police officers who are going to serve out of those new facilities. Is that a fair enough way to say the processes and how they kind of are related and how we try to apply them in our budgeting process? Robert, that's a great way of doing it. You know, uh, that's exactly how we manage it. You can, can't forget about the parks. Again, we need to make sure we have people out there maintaining the parks, but you're 100% correct. We use impact fees to construct the facilities, and then we use the property taxes collected from those new homes to help support the personnel and operating needs to make sure that we provide those services and support those infrastructure um, assets. Excellent. Tell us about the annual budget process. I know it's a, it's a, it's a process that involves many and, and takes a long time. So why don't you walk us through that for those that are interested? We, as a department, start the budget in January of every calendar year. And then we work with uh, you, Robert, and the mayor, or mayor, you and the council, and then the department directors for the next following seven months, and we usually finish in August. So we start off the budget in January. Again, you, your, your department, our department, we start looking at the budgets, and then we start working with each director to figure out what they need for the upcoming 12 months. We work with them. We determine what uh, is meeting our um, needs within the city strategic plan. We allocate the resources that match the needs within the uh, city strategic plan, and that gets us to March and April when we say, okay, we now have a general understanding of where we believe the budget will be for fiscal 24 to continue to provide the services that our citizens need, and then to also meet our uh, city strategic plan. Then in the month of June, we have two workshops available to the citizens to attend. We allow the departments, the council, the mayor, and the finance department to all work together to discuss the items in the budget uh, that, again, we're going to meet the city strategic plan and the services that we've approved. As soon as all four parties all agree on that or the city of Meridian itself, then we present the budget to the citizens in the months of uh, August. The citizens have every right to come in and talk to you, mayor, uh, to the council, even the subject matter expert department directors, and ask them questions about the budget that we've proposed to them. After the discussions with citizens, we can then present to the state and the uh, citizens itself the final budget, which usually occurs in um, September, in August, September, I apologize. And then once that is completed, we then have an official budget document with which the finance department will publish and share amongst the departments so that the departments can execute the budget based on the documents that we provided, which was derived from the discussions between the mayor and the council and the citizens. And then we get a break, and then we start it all again a few months later. I give you five minutes, and then we start the process all over again, yes. Uh, the, the, this is one of the, the fundamental purposes of the city council is establishing the budget. Um, you know, I, Working with you and your team and the other directors, I bring forward a proposal each year that is what they consider. But when it comes down to it, um, this is, in my opinion, their big, meaty exercise because this is the, the resources of the community, of the citizens, to try to put forward uh, the best thing for the meet the needs of our community. 
I agree, Robert. It's a, you know, that's why we spend eight months a year working on this document. We think it's, it is one of the most important documents that the council is responsible for. At the end of the day, it does fall into their ownership and responsibility to approve the budget. Yourself, uh, myself, the department directors, we're there as subject matter experts to provide the guidance of what we believe should be in the budget. But at the end of the day, council has the ultimate authority to approve the budget, and then it falls on us to execute the budget. So I agree. It's, it's why we spend so much time on this, because we need to be transparent and do it right. Yeah. And, and I know budgets are, are difficult, even for everyone to understand. We we are moving forward with our largest budget in, in our history, um, and, and that's for a multitude of reasons. Among them is the carry forward. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when we're trying to do a construction project, and in today's world, trying to do a construction project in a, in a set period of time has proven to be its own challenge, which is extending out the projects. Projects are costing more uh, as related as we've seen, especially in the numbers from our public works where we've seen several changes in that budgeting process. So it, it, it's a challenge no matter whether it's setting up for the first time, trying to figure out when you're going to spend the money or how much it's really going to cost uh, sometimes 18 months uh, down the road. Yeah, I completely agree. The uh, process has changed over the last few years, and we do have to make sure that the departments can complete the projects as they've requested. Uh, Again, you mentioned the word called carry forward. That's a a, a functional budgeting term that we use that states if a department requests money in one year and are not able to complete that project in that fiscal year, we carry the money forward into the next fiscal year so they can complete it. The city does have an obligation with those vendors that we would pay them for the completion of the project. And we do have a large carry forward this fiscal year. It's the largest we've ever had because we have a lot of projects going on. Uh, So again, as we complete the projects, we'll make sure that the assets are um, available to the citizens. But yeah, I would agree. It's the largest portion, largest project budget that we've ever had in the city of Meridian. And uh, as we wrestle with that carry forward, uh, how much should the city have to bond to have the money to do that? Okay, I love these easy questions. Uh, the answer is zero, Robert. We still are debt-free, and we plan on being debt-free for at least the next 10 years. Yeah. So that's what happens when you're, when you're paying cash for projects. It shows in the bottom line of your budget because you're putting all the money in there for the building of those facilities, which can sometimes make the budget size look misleading to the general public. You are correct, yeah. We do budget 100% of the cost up front as, as – after we've saved the money necessary to make the project happen. So, yeah, it does kind of mislead the budgets at times, but it's because we're paying 100% cash up front. We're not borrowing proportionate shares of a project over five years. Okay. So people want people are looking at this and saying, you know, I don't believe you, Todd. Hmm. You know, um, th- th- thanks for giving us all this information. It cannot be as good of a plan and debt-free and... I, I, I want to go look at, look at this information for myself. Too uh, good to be true, huh? Yeah. How, how, do, how do people go and check this for themselves? Again, great question. You know, for the last, um, I'd say, five to six years, we have now put our financials on our website uh, via a transparency portal. Uh, we have outsourced with a third company called uh, OpenGov. Uh, we've been successful with partnering with them to share all of our financials online. If you go to the city's website, meridiancity.org slash finance. And if you go there, we can share all of our finances with anybody. Uh, We're happy to talk to anybody and discuss our finances. Again, as we discussed, the mayor, the council, we have two budget workshops. We're a transparent city. 
we don't want to hide anything. And that's how we, I think, keep our respect and uh, keep the finances where they're at. And then you can also find the annual audit on our website. You can definitely find the annual audit on the website as well on the same uh, uh, finance webpage. So again, we not only show our current transactions, we show our previous audits, and then we uh, meet all state and statute, state and federal um, reporting uh, guidelines on the financial website as well. Okay. Todd, anything that we didn't uh, get to that we want to share with our listeners about finance and budgeting and all those important topics? Yeah, I would say the one topic I would bring up, Robert, again, it takes a team. You know, it's not just the finance department. It's not just you, Robert. You know, it's not just us two. Um, the, the previous councils that we've had the honor to work with, they've set the precedent. Uh, we're just carrying the torch and then it falls on you and I and the rest of the city to hopefully set up the success for the next council, the next mayor, the next generation of uh, city employees. So again, it's not just, it's not simple, but when, again, we didn't just get here by accident. There's been a lot of sweat and tears. Um, I think the city's citizens should be very proud of the 30 years of development, the last 20 years of high development. Again, something I'm, I'm proud of. Again, I know our finance team is, I know you are, Robert, that we have uh, a debt-free city. We have a clean audit. We have a very respectable uh, finance uh, finances for the city. Um, so again, it's. I just want to say thanks to you, thanks to the council, thanks to the previous council. And again, hopefully we can show our citizens that we're doing it right here in the city of Meridian and that other cities look to us as, as an example. I, I couldn't agree more. Save before we spend, let growth pay for growth, and take good conservative budgeting principles and apply them so that we can provide the best services and sometimes make the tough decisions. You know, I, I'm sure the previous council that first put those impact fees in, that was, that was a big decision for them to make, but look at where we are today. Agreed, yeah. There's no easy decisions to be uh, to develop a city. We didn't get here by chance. There's been some bad, some strong decisions. So I agree with you, Robert, that um, this, it's an amazing city to work for. Uh, I'm, I take a lot of pride in it, and hopefully I can continue to provide the services to our citizens and to you, Robert, and the council, and lead the city in the right direction to be uh, prosperous and to, uh, again, be the number one city in the state of Idaho. I couldn't agree more. Thank you, Todd, for giving us an overview of finance and budgeting. And I want to say thank you to the Meridian Library for the use of the Unbound Recording Studio here in downtown Meridian. Thank you for the listeners for tuning in. I'll catch you next time on My Meridian.